welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, the guy still here, still there, still everywhere, John Wayne, that's right. I'm here, of course, still here, as I just said. I am in Wayne Manor, uh, as I as I usually typically am, uh, in the East Wing over in the Library of Evil, where I reside and I, I prefer to be. Uh, of course, I'm here uh, early, early on a, on a recording day for me. As you know, I record this the day before it comes out, Sunday, so I have a heaping, uh, huge cup of black, the blackest coffee ever, and a, a huge, huge bowl of the greenest uh, potentest, uh, most rototonist, floatinist, grandpappy's medicine, um, right here next to me, which is doing a very fine job, uh, today, reason why I'm, I got, I'm on, uh, recording a little bit earlier is because my, uh, my dogs, my wonderful dogs that I love so much, uh, Cerberus and Boney, uh, shouts out, were, uh, decided to wake me up very early. Now, we usually get up at 6 a.m. every day. I know some people are like, why? Uh, you don't, uh, have to go anywhere. You are your own boss. Why do you get up at 6 a.m.? Because that's how I like it. Uh, I'm, I've just always gotten up early. I don't know. Um, and I like the morning time, but I've been getting up at 6, uh, for months now since quarantine to walk my, uh, walk the puppies there at 6 a.m. We go on a walk, but sometimes they get a little confused, um, about what time it is, I think. I don't know if they for, they they uh, maybe their watches get misset or something like that, or or maybe they're trying to pull a joke on each other where one of them winds the other one's back and they think it's earlier than it. They're always doing pranks and stuff. Those those wily pups of mine. But they got me up. It was uh, before five thirty. Now sometimes when they when they come up and they're jumping on me to get up, I can say like no, go, come on, give me, it's not time yet, and they'll kind of chill, at least, for me to doze back off, today, they weren't having it, I don't know what it was, I think maybe it was because it was, like, boys night out, like, my my wife, Katie, is, uh, you know, currently visiting her friend in Austin, uh, at this time, she's coming back later today, but all weekend, she's been gone, so I think, since the boys and I have just been here alone, they thought that, you know what, we want to get up now, and you're getting up too, and we don't give a good goddamn, so, uh, you know, there's no one here to shut us down, you're, you know, that woman you sleep in this bed with ain't gonna help you now, so they got me up pretty early, but I don't mind at all, I love them to death, so we were up early today, getting things going, and so I jumped on the old, uh, podcast machine here, uh, extra early to get things going, and I'm feeling good, I'm just chugging this coffee and smoking this, uh, thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode. I very much appreciate it. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for checking it out. Uh, let's see. First of all, give a huge shout out to all my Patreon supporters. Thank you guys for um, being a part of my Patreon and for joining one of the tiers. Uh, everybody else out there, if you'd like to uh, support old Uncle Johnny a little bit more, throw me a couple a couple bucks here. You can go to patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead and join one of the tiers that I have set up. You get all kinds of very cool stuff. And every week, no matter what tier you sign up on, you get uh, access to the Awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast where I talk to other artists from around the, the world, basically, and people I've met uh, out there on the streets, people on the street, uh, and stuff like that uh, that are awesome. And it's, it's a great podcast i have a great time doing it uh every tier gets you access to that and it comes out every monday the same day as this podcast does john Wayne lied to you all but over on patreon so um 
free stuff, art, stories. Uh, there's I put videos up on the wall. And everything that's on the Patreon wall, if you are a member, you have access to. So there's videos. Um, there's, you know, recordings of songs and stuff like that. Very cool stuff. So check me out. Uh, you know, I try to definitely give you something for your bucks. And I very much appreciate it. And even, and right now you can join the $1 Beer Club. That's a dollar a month. Um, and it gets you access to the podcast. And, and that's it. And you're and you're helping old Uncle Johnny here. So I very much appreciate that. Anyway, also, before I forget, if you are in the Texas-ish area and you, or you like to drive or whatever you want to do, I will be in Dallas this Saturday, the 21st, at the Frightmare Collectibles grand opening of their storefront uh, brick-and-mortar horror store. This is fucking exciting. Uh, I'm there. Uh, I'm one of the guests, actually, one of the guests, with uh, Amelia Kincaid, who is uh, also Angela from Night of the Demons. And there's all kinds of stuff. I'm super, super stoked to be a part of this. I'm there with Death's Head Press, uh, presented by De- Death's Head Press. And I, I, you know, shouts out to them, Jared and Patrick. Thanks, guys, for including me in on this. And, and uh, I won't let you down. But if you're in the Texas area or the Dallasy area or somewhere around there, you don't, you just want to drive to Dallas. Um, it's the 21st here. It's a Saturday uh, from noon till 6, I believe. Uh, I know it starts at noon, and there's food, barbecue truck, and stuff going to be out there, and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So come check me out if you're in the Texas area. I just want to get all my books will be there for sale. Um, I'll, I may have some some different art-type things for sale as well, but I got new stickers. I got Just come see me. It's going to be a great time. I just want to say that before I forget. So... Anyway, and oh, and also, if you're not able to get to that one in the Dallas area, and maybe you're in the Houston area or still in Texas or feel like driving to Houston on the 28th, uh, I am uh, also going to be at the uh, at a, a pop up market happening. I totally forget which one it was, but uh, I will be at a pop up marketing ha- marketing market happening in Houston here on the 28th. Um, I believe that's from like 11 to 7 or something like that, but I'll, I'll post more details about about that. So uh, anyway, come out and see me, guys. It'll be fun. So anyway, moving along. This has been, uh, you know, a great week. Lots of stuff uh, going on down the old uh, down the old pike. As I mentioned last week, I, uh, you know, was hired to do audiobook work, uh, doing the narration for Sinkhole, my book, uh, from Death Said Press, which I, I did finish this week. And that's a novella. It didn't take that long. It took, you know, it, it, I the way I do it, I um. If I fuck like I edit as I go, and that in that I mean, um, if I'm reading along and I fuck up a line, I stop the track immediately, go back, and then start from that spot or start from the next like or the you know earliest uh, part uh, spot where it's a natural place to start. Um, so I don't know if that's how a lot of people do audio. I thought that's how you did it. Maybe I hear some people just like kind of read all the way through and and go back and edit that way. Uh, I'm not doing that. I, I, I'm just doing it as I go. I feel like uh, I'm. It's it's working out for me. So that one was easy. I'm, and this week, now I'm starting uh, "Until the Sun" by Chandler Morrison, which is considerably longer. So that one is going to take me a little bit longer to get done. And uh, but I want to do a great job on it, of course. And uh, as I do for everything. So I'll keep you updated on that. But for now, we'll see when the sinkhole comes out. I got it all uh, done. <clears throat> You need to get it all polished and uploaded and spit shine and whatever you got to do to it before they they put it up there. So I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, so that was fun. I'm trying to remember what else I wanted to talk about before I get off too far off track. Um, boom. Oh, I know. So uh, I was, you know, as I'm... I, I'm always reading something, you know, I'm usually always reading two books at a time, 
uh, because I read one on my Kindle when I you take that to the gym and stuff like that. And then I have a, like a, a hard, you know, real book, a hard book, you know, like, no, I have a physical book that I'll be reading. And this past week, I, I, I devoured this book and I, I just uh, I did want to give it a shout out. Now, I know if you listen to another podcast I do on Thursdays with Christopher Triana, um called Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne, we always have a book of the week segment where we talk about uh, usually it's a book that's either just come out or, or about to come out from, um, you know, authors that we uh, know and respect and in, in the ind- within the indie kind of literature scene where we are. And um, <clears throat> so we always give book recommendations over there. But I want to give one here because I read this book and it uh, I was just really into it. I really enjoyed this book. Uh, extra bit to, to shout it from the rooftops. And it's the uh, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. That uh, is, it, uh, it, man, it is such a good book. I'll tell you what, dude, it it is uh, so like, first of all, just hooks you right in. His writing is fantastic. Uh, you know, it, it's compelling to go through and it becomes, you know, it, the, it becomes something completely different different without you know not not in a sense of like oh shit now we're fucking on mars or something like the whole time we were dead no it's not like that it's about like it's called like it's a vampire they're very much okay he's not bearing the lead there is a vampire in this book right and there is things that are being dealt with with that vampire and he's a very big part of the book but the story about you read if you read the introduction from him it kind of sets up how he, he talks about how our moms growing up um our moms you know did all this stuff behind the scenes for us that we don't even realize that they do oh shit i spilled the pipe oh it's okay um you know and until you get older and then you look back and you're like oh i didn't realize that you know while i was you know at school fucking off mom was home doing this 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 and making sure that i had this and making sure my baseball was set up like all those kind of things that he he talks about and it follows these these ladies these women these moms who kind of do this kind of thing and it it becomes like such a it turns into such a dark thing about like um the realities of family there's no there's no like it's presented at first as you know like these families they're you know uh upper upper class live in this nice little community and all this kind of stuff but it really shows how it doesn't matter where or what your place is in life like this this darkness can happen this this is life like it happens like this to everybody and it's just mostly about like family things that really like real family issues that he you know ties to this this vampire as well but it's it's man it's so compelling you there's so much going on and and uh I'll tell you this. By the end, I, I I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like I was reading this book so so quickly and just devouring it. And at the end, this thing happens. Something happens, and I just start bawling. I just start bawling, crying. Like I'm here by myself. Yesterday morning, I finished it. I'm just drinking coffee, crying. My dog Cerberus comes in the the room. Are you okay? What's going on? I'm like I'm reading a book, and he's like, Oh, you stupid idiot! And he runs out. Um, you know, I think he called me a nerd. Uh, but no, as that thing happened and then, and then after that, it was like all the emotion, I guess that I was, you know, in this book, like all then hit me at once. And I was like, Oh, this is such a good fucking book, man. What the fuck? But, uh, I just want to give him the shout out Grady Hendrix. If you, a lot of you probably have heard his name, 
uh, in re- uh, regards to the Paperbacks from Hell series. He wrote that uh, that book, Paperbacks from Hell, that talks all about um, the you know paperback uh, horror paperback boom of the eighties and um, and showcases that. And then he is also uh, partnered with somebody uh, else. I can't remember your name right now, dude. Sorry. Where they they are re releasing these these old uh, paperbacks from hell, if you will, novels. And I I actually talked about I bought, got one and I read it uh, not too long ago called Stage Fright. I liked it quite a bit, um, but. So check him out that check out that book. I'm also I immediately started another book of his called Horror Store, which is like a take on a like a, a IKEA type store that's having having this uh, issue going on. Um, also, he's uh, my best friend's exorcism. He wrote, and that is another one like this where it's like it plays with it's got that supernatural element, but it's it's about so much more. And he's just really uh, excellent at that. So I just want to recommend that book if you're looking for something new to read grady hendrix uh the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires very very good um anyway also so um yeah so i've been reading a lot uh i've been working on these i I talked about last week these tarot cards that i'm drawing i've been having a lot of fun doing that a lot of fun um they're coming out really cool and I think I'm going to end up doing the whole deck. So uh, I have to really kind of get some time frame down and, and see how I want to do this. Because if I'm going to do it, I don't want to do it like uh, some nonchalant, like, oh, every month or so I'll pump out a couple cards. No, I want to sit down and, and do it and, and have some kind of feasible realm of time I'm working with and, and put the effort behind it to get it going. So we'll see. I'll keep you updated on all of that. Uh, also, man, I've, you know, I, I talked about this, uh, when I started, but I've been doing yoga, uh, recently and I posted it, I posted about it, uh, on my, on my social meds. Um, but it's, uh, you know, my sister teaches it, uh, check out her class feeling fit with Carrie at feeling fit with Carrie on Instagram. If you want to get the schedule and stuff, but man, it, it's kicking my ass. I, I did, uh, I just took a class on Friday, on Fridays when I usually have my class, so, um, and Saturday all weekend, I might be sore as hell from that thing, but it's, it's good. It's a good sore. I like it. I'm enjoying yoga so far. Um, but also I have to give a shout out to my sister cause I got a box in, in the mail or the, the, a postman or somebody delivered a box to my house. I actually didn't see you delivered it, but a postman of some kind post person. And I open the box and what is in the box is a, uh, talking Pee Wee Herman doll. From back in the day of my of, of all of our youths, and why this is uh why she sent this to me is because uh on also to give you know to talk about vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne Moore on that show we talked about Pee Wee Herman we talked about the Pee Wee Herman doll and I really wanted one I never got one when I was a kid and uh, my sister here she goes she goes on some website of collector uh, people that collect shit and then sell it and uh, found me a Pee Wee doll and sent it to me. <clears throat> And so the voice box thing doesn't work anymore, but I don't think a lot of them do. Uh, those things are super old and they're hard. So it just sounds like like that, which is pretty cool, too. It's kind of like, oh, shit, creepy. But it's badass. It's just awesome. It's in great shape. Um, and, and and I just uh, I love it so much. So shouts out to my sister, Carrie. Thank you for the peewee. Thank you for the yoga. Uh, if you want to get some yoga gone in your life, check out at Feeling Fit with Carrie, my sister. She's doing a good job. Um also, this week, this was fun. <clears throat> Some of you pr- may have uh, tuned into this, but I am uh, 
I have a story in an upcoming anthology called Boinking Bizarro. And I, I need some coffee, guys. My throat. <clears throat> it's got a thing in it. <clears throat> called Bo- Okay, the, the anthology is called Boinking Bizarro. I've talked about it uh, on here before. Probably heard about it. Uh, a lot of you probably have seen, like, the, you know, kind of uh, promotion and stuff around it out there. But uh, it's um, an anthology edited by Danger Slater and Brian Asman. And what the premise is... It's like literary porn parodies, but even that doesn't really say it all. What they did was made a list of, um, you know, literary authors and, and a famous work of theirs, and but but pornified it, you know, put like different names like Stephen Kink, you know, and uh, Shel Silverpeen, and you know, those kind of things. And, you know, the authors had to choose one of those and, and write uh as that author as that book and i mean it really turned out i really had a great time writing my story i think uh when i you know the table of contents is just uh, packed with like heavy hitters uh definitely not you definitely won't be disappointed when you when you pick this up but they but these guys uh so they did this event like a live zoom uh type of promotion event on saturday no on friday night this past friday night um and i was I was in it, but I, you know, like I, like I said, I, I've been home alone all weekend. <clears throat> so, I, you know, I, I'm sitting here on Friday. I, I was do I forget what I was doing. I was writing for a while, like, you know, like my usual shit that I do. And then my wife left around like noon or something. Uh, I was doing, um, I was working on those drawings. Oh, and I started to play guitar. And then I was like, well, it's about time for old johnny wayne to get into his liquor for the night uh and that was 2 p.m so i <laughs> wasn't drinking liquor i went and got some beers because so i, like, I feel like drinking beer so i got me some beers i got me those got me those quarts of beer like uh i got some quarts of yellow rose um and uh you know some six pack of some uh, lone stars and shit so i could have and i just came back here and i start playing guitar drinking beer and i'm like okay this event, like for me, it doesn't start till 8 p.m. Central Time. They're on the Pacific. They're on the West Coast. So uh, they were starting it at 6 p.m. their time and, you know, do the math all the way across the country. So I'm sitting here and I just I'm drinking beers and I've been uh, I think I talked about it on for vital social issues and stuff. I have been set since it's a video podcast as well. I've uh, You know, Nick P has been suggesting some lighting situations and we have all these lights and stuff. So I was like, oh, shit. So I've been fucking around with like lighting things. Right. So. I decide like I'm going to I'm going to professionally light my whole thing here for this this live Zoom appearance thing, this live Zoom deal like why the fuck not? So, uh I usually like I, I, I here in the Library of Evil, I I usually sit um in my uh, uh in my corner desk which uh is just like a a court it looks like a quarter of a desk like you just chopped off like a uh one of the corner like one of the corners of a desk basically and you shoved it in a corner that's what this is but it's built like that on purpose and uh i got it from uh emily my uh, awesome uh friend emily i love you shouts out emily hines um and i usually sit here and stare into uh the corner like as i feel i deserve and uh no but that's typically this is where i operate from as far as like when i'm recording this podcast when i'm doing recording vital social issues and awesome dude, I'm always right here and the camera, you know, kind of faces this one angle. But there's another angle if you if you follow me on Instagram uh, at John Wayne is dead. 
the um this kind of setup that I use when I do card of the day every day and there's a daily tarot card reading I do every morning. I wanted to set up there because it, it has a bunch of stuff going on. So I go bring the lights in. I move the table, my the coffee table and shit out and look around. And, uh, you know, I set up where I'm, my laptop is. I took my fucking mic like uh, I, I've got a Yeti mic here. I took it off of the, the stand that it comes attached to. And, uh, you know, cause it's got all kinds of cool attachments and I attached it to one of my mic stands and had it coming down at an angle. So it wasn't blocking my face. And so it was like in the right place. And then I'm like getting up and down, up and down, like looking at these lights. I keep changing them, the direction, the angle, the height. And I finally, I'm like, I don't know. I guess this, this one looks good. I, I think it looks pretty good. Then I was like, wait, one more touch. And I go and get, yeah, that's right. You guessed it. The fog machine. And so I bring the fog machine and I put it right by my feet with the button so I can hit the button with my foot and just spew out like big belches of smoke whenever I want. And uh, to which I did. I don't know if anybody noticed, but I would just do it randomly and just sit there in the smoke and let it like rise above my head. But um, it went well. You know, uh, I think uh, I talked to Danger yesterday. He was kind of the co-host. Brian was uh, Brian Asman was running the show, and he did a great job setting it all up and, and keeping it running. There, there were no uh, uh, technical difficulties, except some like somebody just jumped in real quick and did like a Soldier Boy uh, roll, like a Rick roll, but a Soldier Boy. I, don't, I didn't understand what was happening, but it was like three seconds and confusing, and nobody cared. Um, but yeah, it was fun, and I, uh, I of course, I'm smoking the whole time, and you know, I'm like, I've got these quarts of beer that I'm drinking, and so by like mid, I don't know, I finally get to it, maybe like 20 minutes in, I'm just like, man, I'm pretty drunk. Um, <clears throat> so of course, I keep drinking and uh, just you know talk when they talk to me, and but it was fun, dude, and it was cool to set up like you know to experiment with these lights and try to like make things look uh, as professional as they can. I guess you know I am a professional, and uh, you know I need to make sure these I know these things. These things are set up as such. I feel for myself uh, personally, but it was a lot of fun and it was a cool ass event, uh, and I'm happy to be a part of it. If you the Boinking Bizarro is actually uh, up on a pre-order right now the kindle version is a uh, pre-order and uh then it comes out on december the first from death said press and i think it's going to be a big one so uh maybe get on that uh if you want the kindle first and then wait for the you know hardcover not hardcover but the physical book when uh you know when it when it comes out so uh yeah so speaking of physical books i think I think we'll get into uh, our tarot reading of the week, speaking of, since I brought that up. Uh, as you know or do not know, I do a three-card tarot reading on myself before the show. Every week, write down kind of the things that are on my mind, thoughts that I'm, you know, things just I'm going through, thinking about this week, and looking at the, them to get a fresh perspective uh, from the cards, and uh, just just through what the prism is, just to get a new take, a thought exercise. I'm not predicting the future. This is not a uh, future prediction. This is just, this is a good way to get a fresh perspective on things. And, um, you know, I, I quite enjoy it. So, <clears throat> so this week, uh, the thoughts I wrote down, um, being prepared, uh, like the boy scouts and the girl scouts, be prepared just in the sense of, um, in the sense of me being prepared for anything, things have like changed so much. I just need to be prepared. Uh, here's like an example. Um, you know, I, I, for 
all for months and months just had my inventory of my books and shit because you know I would all the all the cons stopped and I was just like well whatever and I'm selling stuff on the website and all that kind of stuff and then all of a sudden things kicked off and then right after that I get added to another market and all that stuff and we talked about you know a couple weeks ago how I was like oh man I sold out of all this shit I don't know if I'm gonna have stuff to sell that's just an example of being prepared I should be on those things I should never be caught in a spot where um you know somebody wants to add me to a pop-up market and I have to say no because I don't have inventory you know uh there's other reasons that can you know preclude me or keep me from getting uh from doing something but I do not want it to be something like that that's just that's just kind of like a I don't know like a rookie mistake I feel I I need to either you know know that I have it or know that it's coming in at all times that's just an example there's many things I want to be prepared for changes you know be you know kind of take uh anything that comes my way but that that was just uh, one of the examples that I was thinking of Uh, a positive approach to things and that's in that I want to make sure that I approach everything, particularly opportunities or ideas um, from a positive note first without being like first without the first, you know, thought being like, that's stupid or that'll never work or you're dumb. Those kind of things, just just kind of being more positive, not hating on things uh, so much, finding what I like about things or, or just engaging in more things that I know like that I like and that bring me joy, keep me positive, that kind of stuff. Uh, of course, focus, unwavering focus, laser focus, scheduling and planning. I've been thinking about because I have some stuff coming up, like I talked about at the top of the show, um, and uh, planning, planning smart for success. Uh, you know, I talked a lot this week in my um, card of the week readings about creating the own, our own version of success for ourselves, which was di- difficult or was it was difficult for me at first. I because I didn't know. I wanted a metric to. You know, I, I kept thinking I needed a metric to compare what I was doing to to tell me if I was being successful. And I, you know, it, it messed with my mind for a while. Honestly, really did until like, you know, I talked to a couple of different people about it. But, you know, I know I talked to David Barbie about it. Shouts out a couple of years ago at one of the conventions we were at. And, you know, that's why it was, you, we got to have your own version of success. If that's good to you, then that's successful, you know, but what's good to me is going to be different because that's my version of success and that you know it all kind of clicked for me there and since then I've been able to get a good perspective on that and uh you know so I've still been talking about that this week in that you still you have to check in with that because sometimes that changes you know what your idea of success is uh changes based on your you know maybe your place in life has changed something is you know uh your path has changed in some way so it's always good to look at what your version of success is and like kind of tweak it if, if need be or put some more thought around it, revisit it, that kind of thing. So first card I get, first card today, Ten of Swords reversed. So the Ten of Swords in the in the reversed position is telling us that, you know, change is coming. You know, there's a theme running through this reading. This is like a change... A change is coming, a change, has ha- a change is happening, a change needs to happen, and you're resisting it. <clears throat> and when I say you, I'm talking about myself, the royal, you know. Um, there's something that, that needs to change, resisting this change. But, and, and for whatever reason, you know, either you, you don't want it to happen, you don't believe it's going to happen, whatever it may be, uh, many reasons, but you're resisting this this change. And the thing is, when we resist, and I've talked about this before, when we resist things, when we resist the flow, we resist change, it just, it makes things harder. So, 
if if we're going to resist this change, like it's go things are just going to get tougher and tougher around that until we're like kind of squeezed into a corner or or we just can't uh, do anything but go with it, you know. And and we're and and we have to know that this is something whatever this change is, is something that's going to happen. There's no, you can't stop this. So we have to, um, you know, so resisting it, you're just prolonging the inevitable type of thing. So, you know, we just need to just kind of get over ourselves, get over whatever is, you know, we're not, we don't like about this change and just kind of clean it up, you know, just rip it off, be done with it. And then we can start fresh. And uh, from, from whatever this change is, leads to and we have to know uh like it or not that these things you know uh provide us with the you know perspective and growth and knowledge that we need for the future so that's the kind of you know you have to look at it like that you're learning something from this change as well uh so you know it it helps sometimes to uh to approach it like that uh another thing this card is that you know telling us is uh, rather than change, we may still we may be holding on to to something like a situation, a a, a project, a job, something, that, a relationship that ended badly. Whatever it is, it ended not the way you wanted it to end. And you are instead of dealing with it, you you've kind of like had the initial whatever ah, ah, blow up and then buried it. And it's just you keep pushing it down. Because you don't want to deal with it, you don't whatever it is. You don't want to confront it or deal with it. But you know, we need that's we need to do that. It's just you know, when we like I've talked about before, when we try to suppress like our emotions or try to bury emotions, then we can create this kind of blockage in us. Then we have a hard time expressing all emotions or any good emotions, bad emotion. Everything starts getting clogged up and and just you know bogged down. We need to be able to let go of these things that we've buried and. Um, and release it, you know, like release that pain, if you will. And then we reevaluate from there and let go of other things that aren't serving us. You know, I talk about this a lot. Let go of, you know, things, your, you know, thought processes, uh, habits, whatever it may be, let go of those things. You're, you're, you're deal with this, this loss or this, whatever, this thing that ended badly. And then while you're doing that, everything around it that doesn't serve you, let it go. It don't remember, we don't want to dwell on the past anymore. Uh, we want to look ahead, long term. You know, think I, I talk about that a lot. Long term, long term. Look ahead. We want to do the things now that will, <clears throat> you know, give us the life we want now and ensure it into the future. Right. So, th- all of these things are important in, in making sure that we are successful at that. I think. Uh, next card, the Hangman. So uh, this kind of flows right along with it. The Hanged Man uh, basically is calling for a pause, a stop you know, uh, stopping what we're doing and releasing so so that we can release and, and make sure we do it old thought processes that don't serve us anymore. Hmm. That's seems like it just went along with what we're saying. Uh, you know, get a new perspective by like, we need a new perspective. We need to, you know, get rid of the, the habits, routines, the people in our lives, the ideas, all these things that, are hindering us that don't have anything to do with like what we're trying to achieve our main goal our main purpose that we're we're striving for let them go let them go we need to get a new perspective so that we can grasp the new opportunities that come uh our way and the thing is 
is that if we don't take this pause and we don't let go of these, you know, these old patterns, we're going to miss the new opportunities because we'll have closed ourselves off to them. We're not even looking in the right direction for these opportunities that could be exactly what we need because we're not taking this time to pause and get rid of, you know, old ways of thinking or, you know, uh, maybe not approaching things positively and then having that uh, initial reaction of that stupid move on, you know, all of these things, we need to take that pause. We need to kind of get back in tune with what the, you know, is going on with us and the universe or whatever, if you want to look at it in that way, we just don't want to have these new opportunities hidden from us by our own, you know, doing, um, you know, and they, I've said this before, these stops, like, they're necessary. It's just like dealing with the emotions and keeping it inside, uh, you know, or, or having this change that's coming. We talked about in the last card. It's it's coming. Like, it's going to change. And they, taking this pause is the same way. The, the pause is going to happen. You can only keep delaying it for so long before... Uh, and I like to, you know, say this, I borrowed this from uh, my friend Dakota, the universe bitch slaps you. And that can be in many ways. You could maybe burn yourself out health wise. You're not unable to keep going and you have to take a break or anything, you know, you lose your job or this and something happens. It's you have to take this break, right? So you might as well surrender to it now and start to get your shit together, like get that perspective change, deal with the things that were you know, maybe burying and, and, you know, move forward and get, just, just shed this old like skin and weight that we've been carrying around. Uh, so, and then I like take, take time away from our routines to connect to a new way of thinking. And this, this helps us change perspective and, and it helps us to switch up our energy. And I, I wrote that down because I thought I was thinking a lot about that. You know, I'm a guy that likes a uh, routine. Um, or having my routine in like uh, as far as approaching my career stuff. You know, I get up, I I do like I was talking about getting up early, walking the dogs, doing my, you know, writing, doing my card of the day. It's all this kind of uh routine that I set up and when I initially you know, didn't have a day job anymore and was trying to figure this out, I talked about how I don't know, I don't I don't have like any kind of firm routine. I don't know, you know, how to get my time like all set up correctly. And that was some trial and error and it took some time. But then I think about like, well, maybe I wonder if it's time to switch some things up randomly, you know, do things at different times of day or, you know, do, do this in the morning instead of the evening and, and change up like uh, that. Or, you know, maybe this day I don't even do a and B and then I double it up just those kind of things. I could go on examples forever, but it made me think because that sometimes that it that just that switch up in in routine and energy does open up our eyes to new things like I, like I said new perspectives new opportunities we don't want to cut ourselves off from those so last card I got three of Pentacles reversed so the three of Pentacles when it's upright it's all about collaboration and like bringing you know uh, coming together and and bringing what you do to a project and and you know creating a synergy that Make something greater than the, the pieces that you all individually brought. So when this is reversed, it's it's signaling that there's a lack of harmony uh, in that kind of a collaboration. In and we need to look, uh, you know, if 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 we're working in in a collaboration with uh, with people for on anything, and this could be at your job, it could be an art project, it could be a business project, it could be a relationship. That's a collaboration. Um, you know, th there's a lack of harmony and. What's happening usually is that we're not listening to each other. 
uh, we're not val- you, you know, therefore we are, we're not showing that we value what the other person or people are doing, what they bring to the table. We're not, you know, if we can't even listen to them, why, why we appreciate what they're doing to help us, right. Or to help the greater team or whatever. Um, so, you know, we need to look at, uh, you know, communication first of all, and then implementing some better planning. If we're in charge of organizing this, uh, we need to do better at it. And, and, we need to have a clear goal set up, a clear view of what the goal is and how to accomplish it and present that to the team or present that to, you know, whoever, your partner, whatever it may be. Um, and, and we want to, uh, you know, be respectful of each other. Like I said, acknowledge each other's contributions. Um, you know, tell them, you know, just, just even saying, like, good job, I'm glad you know how to do this, those kind of things. That's what we need to do, promote respect and and genuinely communicate and listen to each other uh you know and sometimes these things happen and these kind of things are going and you're trying you're trying to communicate you're trying your best but sometimes it just does not it's not right and it's not going to happen and when you come to that point you know it's it's okay you might you might need to take a break from the project or the team or the person or the people um for a while and you may find in that break that you just want to do it yourself or go off with a, a you know, set up a different group of people that, you know, you can collaborate with better or person to collaborate with better, uh, you know, all of those things. But we definitely want to make sure first before we just like throw I'm not saying like oh, throw up your hands and quit. That's not what I'm saying. You want to make sure that these things are happening first. You're communicating. We're acknowledging each other. We're, we're you know, there's a, a flow of energy back and forth in this whole ordeal. And um, uh, before we before we make the decision that we need to do it with someone else or uh, alone. So that's our reading for today. I, I enjoyed that. I got something out of that. I hope you did as well. Uh, like I said, I do a three-card tarot reading on my Instagram story every morning. At uh, John Wayne is dead. Just uh, check that out. And then it goes to the John Wayne is dead YouTube page. Uh, and uh, you can check. Check them out for uh, eternity. So earlier I was talking about the Awesome Dude for Life Boner bonus podcast that comes out on my Patreon every week. And uh, I was also talking about Danger Slater. So uh, as you listeners know, I've been putting, um, you know, a little excerpt from the uh, episode of Awesome Dude that's coming out the same day as this. And this is no exception. So uh, this week I got to talk to uh, my good buddy Danger Slater, who uh, you know is one of the editors on this on the Boinking Bizarro anthology, uh, one of the most talented writers uh, I know. I certainly appreciate uh, reading all of his work and talking to him. He's an awesome dude for life, uh, most definitely. So I was very uh, pleased and delighted to sit down and talk with Danger uh, this week, and we had a very awesome conversation. It you know we're. It, I wanted to make sure I talked to him so that we kind of promoted the pre-release of this book and all that kind of stuff, but we go off the rails talking about so many other things, uh, you know, starting a business where we, uh, you know, have kids pay tickets to smash cars all across the country. You know, you could get a job playing a Danger Slater. You could play Danger Slater in your city. You could be the Danger Slater of your city in our business. But you're going to have to listen to the whole episode for that. But for now, uh, here's a little bit of my conversation with Danger Slater. 
Uh, I remember when you picked me up from the airport one time and I came out and you were just like in the pickup lane, like leaning on the hood of your car. Like you were like styles on the Wolfmobile or something like, hey, your jacket all open. It was pretty sexy. I don't even remember that, but I'm glad that I was able to make that impression. Well, it was a good impression. Now you've ruined it. Thanks. Our whole relationship's built on a lie. You know, I tell that story to everybody I meet. My friend Danger picked me up from the airport. He was like the Fonz. You don't even remember. <laughs> like as I walk up to you, pulling my glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking throw your hair back and it comes out of the ponytail. You look all sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm at this point where my car is barely running. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. You should uh, blow that car up, dude. Oh, you know what you should do? Like at the fair when they uh, you charge kids tickets to whack your car with a um, sledgehammer? You should do that, man. Earn money for a new car. Or just earn some money for, like, candy. I was, at a, I was in a band uh, a bunch of years ago, and we played at a biker, like, backyard party. So it was behind this barn. And there was just like maybe 50 bikers and everyone was wasted. We were like 19 years old. So we're these little fucking punks who don't know anything. We played industrial music. So it wasn't even really biker style music. I have no idea who booked this show. or how. I was going to say, you're an industrial band at a biker like <laughs> fucking convention. Is it in Mad Max times or what's happening? It basically was because they had that going on. They, they had a bike hung up from a tree. And you'd pay $10, I think, and you got to take 10 swipes at it with a sledgehammer. And that's how they were doing some sort of fundraiser. Yeah, they did that at uh, when I played Little League Baseball um, as a toe-headed youth. They would have the, uh, it was called Northwest 45 was the name of our Little League uh, league. And they would have the Northwest 45 Carnival every year. And you got, they did a car smashing thing. But it sucked because they take all the glass out, first of all, because all you want to do is break glass with a hammer, you know, and you get there and it's like, oh, this is just an old piece of shit car. And then you're like little pussy ass nine year old arms and shit came and swing a sledgehammer with any, uh, you know, oomph to put a dent in good old American steel. So it was, you know, it was a ripoff, dude. But I say that we do something very similar like that to your car. <clears throat> How much do you think we could make? How much a swing? Okay, what would we charge? Well, okay, so what were you saying they were charging when you were doing it in Little League? I don't fucking know. It was like, it'd be something like $3 for two swings or something like that, you know? It's got to be something like that, like, because then it gets, as, as it gets higher, you can double it. So you can be like, you know, seven swings for six bucks or what, 12 swings for 10 bucks. Um got the inflation too though <laughs> you know like if, if, it was, if a swing on a car is going for a buck 50 basically was what you're saying yeah okay let's do that that's a good number that's a good number I'm writing this down 150 maybe five dollars you know i don't know things have changed housing costs have got gone up <laughs> that's right swings aren't as cheap as they used to be you know yeah. i need a new car i need a new computer i need a new everything I need a new face yeah. No, baby, not that porno. I love it. Mwah. Mwah. Um, well, I'm sorry, dude. That's all the more reason to get this car smashing thing figured out. So if we got $5 a swing, you think we could get... Man, that's a lot of swings, dude. 
even if we got a thousand swings, that's only five grand. We have to up the ante somehow. We have to trick these rubes into spending more money than they get swings in some way. Well, maybe for like twenty extra dollars, you could punch me. <laughs> we really just, but we have people dressed up like you, so you don't ever have to actually have to take any of the punches. People are like, "You're not Michael Allen, or you're not David Danger Slater," because we get Michael Allen Rose to do it because he likes to do theater stuff. He just plays you all the time. Like, I am Danger Slater. Look at me, you know. And then they just punch him in the stomach. Well, we can. I'll franchise out, so I'll have every city. I'll have a car and a lookalike. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> now we're talking, yeah. dude. This is how we make the money. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not getting beaten up. It's not my car, so I'll just take 20%, whatever, you know, and then we get like 100 of these things going. <laughs> yeah, dude, and you take 20% of the 90% of profits that you're going to take, and then uh, there you have it. But that's the way to do it. There's a danger and a car in every fucking city. We'll start small, you know, with what, like 20 cities maybe? Is that small? Or... uh the twin cities i'm not sure you're like the figurehead of the company we have billboards with you and the original car and then people like you know see it when they're driving to mississippi and shit and they're like we gotta go stop at Cachada and see danger in the car you know like mcdonald's you know it's it's the same in every state you know you know wherever you go to beat me up you're gonna get the same consistent quality (laughs) oh man i can just uh I could see this going really, really well, or not at all well. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so that's one way we can make this money. Any banks we can rob? Is there a dispensary that's close to your new place? How, is that? how, how about that? There is, but it's not very good. And I was there the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, we swung by, and because it's walking distance, I just wanted to check it out. It's a new neighborhood. And right up on the very front, of their door before you even enter it says we do not keep any cash on present on present uh what's the word premises Premises. yeah we don't keep any cash on premises uh because we are aware of the recent robberies in the area so i think someone's going around robbing dispensaries oh shit to tell the robbers before they even come in that they don't have cash here but I thought that you could only pay in cash. Every dispensary I go to, you can only pay in cash. So Yeah, and you can only pay in cash, so I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, that seems weird. It's like stupid robbers. We'll show them. Oh, and this one says they're not taking cash either. And on to the next one. Uh, isn't it strange that we live in a time not only where we have dispensaries, but we have ones that will be like, no, not that. That one's the shitty one. Like, we'll go to the next one. You know, like, that's a like a thing like when i was in vegas a couple weeks ago first thing i did was try to find the closest dispensary and the closest one had such bad reviews that i walked the three extra blocks to go to the one like the next one over so i mean i didn't even try the bad one to see what the deal was but i went to the the other one i went to twice and uh i was satisfied um but i was like man what the fuck some of the reviews were like great staff shitty product don't be fooled by how nice these people are. Their shit sucks. And I was like, damn, man. Damn, we're like shitting on weed that you can buy at a store now. It's a great time to be alive. And the, and the worst time also ever. <laughs> they, they're making it. I think there was four states that just legalized, too. It's going to be easier and easier. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
My home Not- state of now has legal weed. I used to have to buy it from some teenager behind Quick Check. It was terrible. You didn't know what you were getting. Yeah, you know, but those are still like, um, you know, I hope that doesn't go away entirely. I want to I want those kids behind the quick check still to be selling those dime bags. They got to learn how to make money. It's a very enterprising, you know, type of thing. Um, And I don't want to, you know, I think we'll be taking jobs from those little kids that are selling weed. Um, So (laughs) fast food job. Now, now, like, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, this is your starter job. You can, you can work in fast food and, you know, buy your own clothes because you're 16 years old now, son. Yeah. But now it's just like, you know what? You're a legitimate businessman and you could start working for yourself instead of for the man. All you need is a couple dime bags and a, you know, a shady corner of a parking lot. Here you go. It's the self-starter kit, and I like that. We're going to put the Danger Slater car name all over that, too. Mark at it. We're going to sell those at the, at the events um, as well. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, you're, what you're into exactly, but not only is there, like, all these, you know, dispensaries here in Oregon, but they just made psilocybin also be uh, legal, I believe. Oh, yeah. I know it's... Um... In Colorado, they, they've had it for a little while. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any of the like legal mushrooms or psilocybin stuff. I, I have it. Uh, the ones I get are like grown in these weird fish tanks at somebody in an undisclosed location. And they're always good. So I'm, I guess these are good. I think that's awesome. But can you here, here's the thing. Like how how much can you buy? Do the, because. You know, same thing with like the edibles. You could buy when they first started. I could, I got a hundred milligram like cookie thing that was all a hundred milligrams. Now they're all in ten milligram chunks, and they have to do all that kind of weird shit. So how how many milligrams or how many grams of mushrooms? You know how you know how they sell them? Well, I, I think for right now, it's it's kind of like how weed used to be, where you need where it's like a it's for medical purposes. It's not mm-hmm. for recreational. So. I think when you go to buy it, you have to say that you're using it for research purposes. (laughs) They're claiming to be a scientist and and be like, yeah, I need to get, you know, X amount for, for research. And you, and you can't really, you know, you you can, it's not for consumption. It's for research. (laughs) So you're like, so when I stomp on your foot and wink, you say I am a scientist. Like that's that's funny if that's the real deal. But so that's the thing, though. As far as dosages, they probably are small. I don't know. Somebody may be yelling at their thing right now, going, "You fucking idiots!" And uh, I'm used to it. But if I'm gonna take mushrooms, I'm gonna take like a heroic dose. I mean, I got at least I need at least three grams to get the party, you know, started, and then we'll go from there. But uh, if I can't get that, or if it's like incredibly expensive. I wonder what the markup is on that. Yeah. Well, I when we became legal, it actually got cheaper. It got much cheaper. Like, there's like $2 fucking grams out here and shit. For, are we talking about shrooms or weed? Well, I'm talking about weed. So oh, yeah. Because, no, I'm talking about shrooms. Yeah, but I'm saying like eventually the shrooms will kind of have the same trajectory. It'll be, it'll be so ubiquitous that they'll just be like uh they're basically free you know <laughs> here you go kid have a good time that's what they're throwing at bums instead of change just like, 
fucking whatever. There's a lot of farms out here switched to growing marijuana. So you'll go to like a farm where there used to be corn and all the fucking corn is gone. It's just weed plants all over the place. So now they're going to just have, I'm assuming, like bunches of cow shit with fucking shrooms growing all over it in their fucking farm. Yeah, I didn't know corn lived out in uh, Oregon, but um, they needed time to create. Now they're back. So, you know. I could be totally wrong about the corn thing. I don't know either. I'm talking about corn, the band. I was doing a thing. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about them. Surprisingly, I, I, it's not at the, they're not at the top of. What are you going to tell me next? You forgot about Dre? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I always go back. I compare a lot of things to corn in my mind immediately. So that's where I always go. I forget that other people, you know, that they don't go there. That was from the kind of the misspelling era of like metal, like that new metal. Everybody kind of was a word, but they would spell it wrong. Mm-hmm. Weird. And they spelled it wrong and flipped the letter back. Like they had bucked the system. You know what I mean? They turned it on its ear, so to speak, because they turned that R around. They threw a K on there. Boom. Yeah, they, they stupid. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's not, it's not a, why corn? That's not a badass vegetable. I'd have picked like a pumpkin, something you could like hurt someone with. Smashing pumpkins. There you go. Yeah, but I bet corn could probably beat smashing pumpkins up in a band in like a band fight. All right, that was uh, myself and my good buddy Danger Slater. Be sure to check him out. His uh, latest book, Impossible James, is out and available. Plus, um, his other books are are excellent. He digs a hole and uh, you know puppet skin. I think. Uh, I'm going to fuck up the titles. But anyway, check out Danger Slater. Check out his stuff. And be sure to pre-order Boinking Bizarro uh, now or you know buy the paperback when it comes out on December 1st. I have a story in there. So does Danger. So does Brian Aspen. So does many people, uh, including John Skip, Christine Morgan, uh, Charles Austin Muir, Lucas Mangum. I can't remember everybody's name that's in there. Uh, Autumn Christian. I'm forgetting people, so I'm just gonna stop naming people. I don't know, but it's it's an it's gonna be great if you like Bizarro or you're just trying to get into Bizarro. Check it out for sure, um, and check out Danger. Anyway, uh, and if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, go join my Patreon. Any tier gets it uh, gets you the podcast and all the backup uh, backup all the back episodes. Just uh, Patreon.com/slash John Wayne is dead, and you can check it out now. On to our story portion of the day. So I was thinking, you know, I don't know. These stories just come to me, and I, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, a song came to my head, and I was like, oh, I, rem- I remember going to that first time I saw them. Oh, I remember. Oh, okay, I remember this. So I'm going to tell a story um, called, uh, before- this, is, this is from the high school days, going back, and um, we'll call this uh, No Doubt. About it, prom. So back when uh, this is probably I was like sixteen or seventeen, I started to get uh, in more into uh, music and have more exposure to like rock music and uh, stuff that you know wasn't necessarily church related at the time. I started to get into certain bands. Um, you know, and one of the bands I really got into is my favorite band for the longest time, uh, is No Doubt. Um, so I, I can't, I don't even know when the last time No Doubt put a record out as as a band. I know that 
later No Doubt is, is very different from the earlier No Doubt in that, you know, this, it was initially a ska band. I mean, that first record they put out is a straight up ska record. And then the one that everybody knows, Tragic Kingdom, that broke them, uh, has a lot of ska and, and stuff on it. It was kind of that, it kind of came in on that third wave ska uh, thing that happened in the ni- uh, mid 90s, mid to early 90s. But uh, if you're not familiar with it, you know, Gwen Stefani was the singer for No Doubt. And they were uh, they were just I, I just fell in love with her, first of all, and the, the band, her voice, everything, you know, the music, the look of the band, you know, their drummer. Um, what's his name? Adrian something, maybe it's not Adrian. I can't remember. But he, you know, he shows up in the vid- the first time I see this guy in, in you know, a video or something. And he's got his total, his whole head is like shaved except for like he has hair, just enough hair to make these devil horns stick up on his head, like where horns would be like, they, they look badass. And, uh, you know, he had that and he was just like in his underwear or whatever, just like with these devil horns and like, you know, black, uh, you know, black fucking eye shit around his eyes. I thought it looked cool as shit. And I was like, man, I love this fucking band. So I'm super into the band. I probably like burned through the CD with the first copy I got of it or whatever. And super into them. So the first time that they are, you know, coming to uh, a place near me to perform is after all of this, of course, has happened. The tragic, tragic Kingdom has come out. So, you know, you've got the huge popularity of. Uh, you know, just a girl and uh, spider webs and all those songs, and so they're doing this major, like headlining, uh, you know, like a not arena, but I guess kind of big, bigger venue tour that they're that they're doing. So I am, uh, as soon as it's announced, like I'm super excited. I go and uh, buy tickets immediately when they go on sale. Again, I think I talked about this before in some past episodes. This was pre uh buying like tickets on online i this was like i had to go to the mall to foley's i believe had a the department store they had a ticket master thing at their service counter like so you had to so you basically go get in line and and you know tickets would go on sale at 10 a.m or some shit like that so you'd go to the mall and get in the line where there's all these other kind of weirdos in line to get concert tickets in a department store and behind the counter it's just their service counter it's not like ticketmaster sends people out to man it they just have a machine there that prints the tickets these there's just like these kind of like older women that usually work the service counter and they're 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 wrapping presents they take care of gift wrapping and stuff it's just very funny like uh just um I guess dichotomy or uh, comparison. This is cool. So I, I got I waited in line, and this show was at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion, which is I sure I've said this before my least favorite place to see a show in all of Houston, possibly the world. Maybe like if you're not from the Houston area, thirty third third coast shouts out where I am. You probably have I've seen these venues in other places. I've been to them uh, in other cities. But it's basically like the, you know, outdoor amphitheater type setup where it has, you know, a stage, a a whole like kind of seating section that's covered. And then beyond that is a hill that's, you know, just open air, uh, grassy hill. And you get 
hill t- hill tickets are the general admission seats and i i i hate that i mean i just I, I hate it like you stand out there on the grass you're way out there yeah that's the cheap ticket yeah you can maybe get away with smoking or whatever but you're so far away and sometimes the i've been to shows where the speakers out on the lawn are either not on or they're not working properly and it's just shit so i i don't know i hate it but uh, this was before I had been super jaded and, and hated this place, uh, but I wanted to go to No Doubt. They're at this place. They're there. I don't care what the date is. I just go buy the tickets as soon as they come on sale, and I buy two general admission tickets. That's that's what I can afford. Do I have someone in mind to go with? No. I don't I don't even have any friends that like this band. Um, I thought I would think I'm on my own, but I'm like, well, buy two. I'll figure it out. So... Come to find out after I've bought these tickets, you know, when a little bit of time goes by, because you would buy these tickets, you buy tickets super well in advance. Um, you know, I think you still do now, but I don't know. These were like, you know, a few months. And, you know, it, I come to find out or realize that prom, uh, I'm a senior at this point, so prom is, <clears throat> prom weekend is like that, is the day, is the weekend of the show. Now, not the day at the prom was on Saturday. The show was on Friday, the day the day before the prom. And so you may be like, okay, so if you're going to the prom, what? So you're fine. Well, I don't know. Like it, the weird traditions of this kind of shit, which I think now is to total bullshit. All I mean, I think back then it was, I thought it was, but you think you have to participate in these things when you're trying to figure out what's going on or who you are, whatever. And it's stupid high school. But for Friday night was the night that you you're supposed to take your date out to dinner and something else fun because the Saturday night is the prom and you go there and they have food, but you know, quote unquote food set up. So you don't have to go to dinner that night. And then they had project prom, which is where you'd go play games and win shit all night at the school, which I did. Um, but so I, you know, it's coming closer and I'm, I'm not, you know, like I said, you know, I'm I'm okay. I'm just doing my thing. I'm I'm not as uh you know suave as I am now. Even even though I might have been uh, more aloof, I don't know. But I I you know kind of I, I guess I was kind of I was I'd been on a few dates with this one girl Cheryl, who I think I've told another story about on here. Um, should have known better. She was the one who stood me up or or double booked on the night of the Soundgarden concert when I told that story and that was before this so I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking but I think like I waited a while and then I finally was like "Ah, I'll just ask Cheryl so I asked her to prom knowing that I also have these tickets so that like sweetens the deal because I'm like okay you want to go to prom then we can go to no doubt the night before and she's like yes oh that'll be so fun I love no doubt Uh, yeah you know because it was a lot of also like girl that was like girl power was like a big thing then with the Spice Girls and Gwen Stefani so a lot of like girls were more into uh got into ska got into music like you you go to a lot of concerts you go to it is uh, so much 95 percent dudes and i know there's some cool chicks out there ladies uh i mean who love music and, and get into it but this this is just i'm saying like this is the time when maybe somebody wasn't like truly a, a fan would maybe just jump on board because of some whatever so that was probably that was what was going on here so i i Super excited. Um, I'm I'm really could give a shit about the prom. I uh because I really just wanted the concert was my main thing for that weekend for for 
ever for that year. I just wanted to go to this concert. I, I, I had to go. I, I couldn't wait. I went to, leading up to it, I went to one of the rock and roll stores in the neighborhood and bought a No Doubt t-shirt. And it was like this bootleg t-shirt. Not like an, it's so bootleg. And because I wanted to wear it to the show because that's what I thought was cool then. You know, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be that guy yet. And uh, then... I also, like, I had pretty long, not pretty long hair, but I had hair down at least my shoulders at this point, and I was, before the night, like, that we were going to go to the show, I am I got home from school, and I was trying to, like, do these devil horn things with my hair, but I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to, like, lay upside down on the stairs and hold things and putting, I bought, like, weird hair glue to try to make them stand up, but I still had, I, I just, my hair was way too long, first of all. It just didn't work, so I ended up, like you know, having to wash my hair like four times to get all this like hair glue and weird shit out of it and just go, you know, to go to the show. So we go to the show. I pick up, I pick her up. We go out to the concert. Cake opened, um, which was awesome. Cake is a great band. And then uh, when they came out, it was like pure elation for me the entire time. I'm singing, I'm jumping up and down, banging around, dancing, all this shit. I could, I mean, and, and Cheryl, she's having a good time to say, like, you know, enthusiastic, but I really at that point could have given a shit who I was there with. I was just like there, like jamming, and it was so awesome. Uh, but of course, I didn't want to leave. I didn't leave the hill once while they were playing. I'm not going to the bathroom, I'm not getting anything, and I'm jumping around, going crazy. And, uh, and that's it. And then the concert's over and we're like, woo, how fun. Uh, but I'm like, th- and I'm also like, one thing I remember is I was thirsty as hell. I used to get super thirsty at these concerts because before, uh, you turn 21, you know, it's, I couldn't buy beer at these venues. And, uh, I, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not particularly a fan these days either of buying like a $12 beer or $9 beer at a venue. Uh, but even back then I was even less of a fan of buying an $8 water or an $8 soda, something like that. That's what, you know, the prices are. So I'm like, I, I'm super fucking thirsty, but, uh, I, I was just like, you know, I don't want to buy anything on the way out. I don't want to leave the, the thing. Cause we were going to go to, um, a party that someone was having like an after party where everyone was done with their dates going over to this dude's house that lived in the neighborhood um and uh and hang out and party and like so we get there and i remember we jumped out uh my truck i had a s10 pickup truck at the time and you know we go inside like everyone's like in this garage this guy's house uh he's one of those guys with the mom like that bought beer for everybody and it was like all in these coolers and i was like man i'm so thirsty and uh, I don't even like Cheryl runs up and she starts hugging everyone. And I just go, I'm like, uh, something to drink. And they're like, yeah, there's beer in these coolers. And I was like, is there anything um, that's not beer? And they're like, uh, I think there's some sodas in the fridge. So like there was like a bunch of Dr. Peppers in this fridge in the garage. So I took one out and opened it and like slammed this Dr. Pepper. Like I was so thirsty. And then, uh, you know, I drank it, threw it out and I took another one out and opened it. And I remember I turned around and like people are like chilling. I look and and like uh, Cheryl is like sitting on like somebody else's lap on a chair where they are, another dude's lap. And um, everyone's like drink a beer and I'm drinking this Dr. Pepper. And this the guy like makes a comment like, oh, like I'm drinking from it. And he's like, hey, take slow down on those Dr. Peppers, man. You know, you might have to drive later. <laughs> and I was like, um, OK, that's cool. So I kind of just like I finished and then I just uh you know, kind of walked around and just uh, ghosted out like French exit style. I, I already wasn't taking her home. She said like, oh, yeah, because that's close to my house. So I, I, I whatever, whatever. Right. So then the next day, the prom 
uh, happened and I didn't, you know, I didn't rent a limo or anything. Like I said, I was very ill prepared for this because I didn't really want to go. I just wanted to go to the concert. But these are those weird obligations you feel as a God, I don't I don't know. You just feel like you're supposed to go to the prom. Uh, but I, I, I wore, uh, you know me, dog. I wore white, white, white tuxedo and tails. And we went to the thing, got our picture taken. And uh, she just talked to like all of her friends all night. And we went to that project prom and boom, she was off just with a whole nother group of people for the entire night that was project prom. So I was just like hanging out with some other people, whatever. But the good thing that came out of this is that I won a mini fridge in the auction uh, you know, it was supposed to be a college dorm mini fridge. And I did take it to my college dorm, but you know, for the rest of the summer and shit, I had it in my bedroom and I would, uh, put like cords lights in there and, uh, and drink them while I was watching my corn videos back then in the day. It was, uh, what a time it was, what a magical time. So, uh, yeah, so that, that was, uh, my prom, uh, the best thing, like if, if I could have taken like the concert, and and like it started like it's bookended right like here's the the concert but i could have been there by myself if i if i could have taken the concert to the to the mini fridge and removed everything in between including the girl everything is gone and you you know if i could have went to that concert by myself and walked out and they handed me a mini fridge that would have been the best day ever like and that's pretty much what happened but, you know, with some bullshit sandwiched in between. So, who's who's the winner here, you ask? Nobody. Nobody wins. All right, there you go. Uh, nobody wins, but I still, um, I haven't listened to No Doubt, and I don't know if I'd go see them right now if they came, if they were performing, if, if music ever happens again. Uh, but back then, man, I sure did fucking like those... Uh, I like their their early stuff. I really was into them. Anyway, um, prom sucks. You know, proms are stupid. Anyway, if you if you're like looking at going to these dances, don't feel like you have to. Uh, as if I'm like talking to teenagers, because yeah, I got a lot of big teenage demographic here. Uh, anyway, they're dumb. But you guys who listen to this show and ladies are not dumb. You're the best, and I appreciate your uh, support every single week. And thank you so much for checking out the show. Please go to johnwayneisdead.com. Uh, to check out all the stuff that I have coming up. Uh, the, sh- the shop page is there. You can pick up any of my books, records, t-shirts, all that kind of good stuff comes right from me. So I will sign them and take care of you, send you some extra stuff. All my books are on Amazon and Kindle as well. Uh, if you, can, you if that's your jam to get them that way, uh, please do. Like I said, if you're in uh, the Texas area, 21st in Dallas, I will be up there at the Frightmare Collectibles um, grand opening storefront uh, location. And then I'll be here in Houston on the 28th check the check my social media for details on that it's um follow me at john wayne is dead on instagram and twitter and uh listen to vital social issues and stuff with chris and john wayne every thursday and check out my patreon patreon.com slash john wayne is dead uh join one of the tiers get access to the awesome dude for life boner bonus podcast and so much more so thank you all so so much and uh i will see you walking in the spider webs (laughs) 